Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. How are you now? Broadcasting from the studios of Castle Race Street, Sydney. You are listening to the all new, old new, whatever new show, uh, The Bip Show, Season 7, Episode 9. I think we're up to I don't care. Uh, thank you to Australian Mutual Funds Exchange for all their help in sponsoring this podcast. If you want to know more about investing in uh, managed funds, mutual funds in Australia, in India, around the world, please let me know. Um, and I can help you out with as much as you want. Uh, note, everything in this podcast is general in nature. Any advice that you might hear is general advice. Um, and if you don't know the difference, then look it up. And if you want to know more about it, then talk to me or uh, my – I am James Whelan, Investment Manager at VFS Group. How are you now? And uh, I'm joined by Heath Moss, who's the Principal at HLM Investments. Heath, how are you now? Very good. Uh, good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. No worries at all. This episode is being recorded in Sydney. It's the 24th of March, 2003. 23? 2003. 2023. Uh, I was reminded of two th- 2003 when I'm seeing the shock and awe of the Iraq War uh, starting off this time 20 years ago when everyone thought, yeah, it was, tw- it was 2003, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolute calamity. People believe there was a time. Anyway, well, I, I don't want to get into that. I'm going to get myself all angry. I want to get myself all fired up about something else. Anyway, mate. Anyway, it's 12.02 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time. I hope that you are having yourself a good afternoon when you're actually going to be listening to this. Very good. The best thing about this podcast is that it's fresh. We can talk about stuff right now. This thing is edited and packaged up and out straight up. Freshest investment podcast in the country, if not the world, I believe. Um, facts to be remain to be seen. Mate, what a week. Can we can it's we just a break this? <laughs> you want to? been one. Now, now, first off, let's just talk because I, I I wanted to talk about some just some stuff that's really on my beating beating in my heart. It's been a week because obviously everything happens all at once. I mean, you, the, the 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 best the best movie of the year that everything all at once all the time every time every every freaking day. That's the movie that is summarizing my life at the moment. Every single thing is happening all at the same time. You, you've got I've got a, a wife who's just come out of surgery and she's she's doing better. It's fantastic. Every day is better than the last, which is great. Great to hear. Great to hear. It, it does also. We're moving house because we're, we're doing a renovation on my house. In this environment, in this economy, with rates continuing to go up, despite what you say, Heath, in <laughs> in 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 a in a in a in a place where building materials are still lofty, in a place where it's still difficult to find the guys that you want to find. And in a place where, I mean, it looks like we're still going to get a bit of weather for the next six months over winter. I'm still going and marching ahead and building a second level on my house because I have to to stop the girls from fighting with each other. Um, so my wife coming out of surgery, drugged out of her head on painkillers, um, yep. trying to trying to manage, and I'm trying to manage a move, and she's also trying to manage a move because she can't let me manage anything. Um, and, uh, mate, we had a couple of removalists yesterday. If anyone wants a recommendation for a really good removalist, 
give me a note. Um, I'll tell you, these guys are great, except what he was <laughs> – there was this dude who was Russian, and he was I, – I, I'm sure he was Russian. He was absolutely – he was 100% Russian. He was freaking Dolph Lundgren. This dude was this dude was huge. And every time I'd leave the room and I'd come back and he'd be talking to Michelle, oh, yes, uh, so I used to – and he'd be doing this thing. Old school, old school, <laughs> old old life sort of thing like that. Michelle's all of a sudden she's sort of. I'm sure that she's going to turn around to me and just go, you know, James, maybe we should centralise the men's production or something like that. <laughs> you know, these old school, oh, the 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 the, the, yeah. the needs of the workers uh, must be must be held in the and you're just doing this. Uh, yes, uh, you come. Uh, I, I lift boxes for you. I come around and make you some borscht or something. It was, it was just, just, just this classic Rusky guy. But anyway, they, they lifted and shifted the whole thing. We got everything all sorted out. So we're really stoked that that got done. My God. And meanwhile, whilst all of this is going on, you know, I'm, I'm working on some other stuff in the background and there is a banking crisis going on. You've got flip-flopping from our um, the sec- Secretary Yellen. You've got Jay Powell just crushing heads. Uh, and you've got a market that is just listening to everything they say and doesn't know the direction that it needs to go. The the funniest thing, and I'm going to lay this out for you, and then I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you get an a word in edgewise, Heath, because this is a partnership after all. Better partnership than the one I've got with my wife at the moment. But the, <laughs> um, less less opioids involved. I'll tell you that the um, the 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 the, the Clark and Dawes sketch that is the market at the moment is so funny. Where if I told you this is this is something straight out of it, right? This is this week. Represent this week. You've got the market rallying because the Fed looks like they're going to pause for a while. The reason they're going to pause for a while is because they've got a calamitous banking collapse right on their doorstop. And mm. that's the, and, and even it was just like, oh, yeah, the banks are rallying too. Why are the banks rallying? Oh, because the Fed's going to pause. Oh, so the banks aren't, aren't a risk? Oh, no, they're a massive risk. Well, then why are they rallying? I just told you. You can sort of see, you can see the sketch going back and forth in this situation, can't you? Yes, yes, you can. Um, it, and, and like, like I said to start the show, it, it's been a week and and sort of grappling and getting your head around where we're at. Um, it's good to step back and see see the forest. Is it forest through the trees or for the trees? I can't remember. A forest for the trees are an expression trees. I've never understood, mate. Yeah, and you just yeah. Oh, just- yeah, just step back and look at the bigger picture. I think because if you if you, you're too focused on the shorter time frames, you're going to do your head in, and you're going to get caught, get caught up in the noise and and the volatility in that. Mm. So um, yeah, we we had the start of the week. We had yelling, flip flopping all over the place. Yes, we're looking at doing um, uh, you know looking to cover all bank deposits. Then the next night it was no, we're not we're not going to look at doing that. And then, like you said, uh, what I got wrong, we got the, the Fed uh, raising by 25 basis points, but it was a dovish raise. The it was speech raise. Was, was fairly fairly dovish. There was a, yeah. a bit of bit of language change in there. Um, what was the one I uh, I pointed out? I've got to find my notes. Um, he, oh, look, they're, they're basically, they're looking more flexible. They're not only concentrating on jobs and wages data and stuff like that. They're going to be looking at um, credit and lending um, growth. Um, they're also the language changed from rate increases, future rate in- increases to some policy firming. So that's a yep. pretty dovish pivot there. Um, I think it, it will be the last one for a little while. Might be the, not the last one overall, but it might be the last one for a little while until this banking stuff we get through it. Um, because if they keep pushing ahead, it's going to make things worse. We're seeing the market now starting to factor in quite hefty rate cuts for the year. Even though Powell did say he doesn't see rate cuts happening this year, I think there's 80 basis points of cuts now factored in 
for 2023 in the US. So um, yields have come right in. Um, the, the inversion difference uh, between the two and 10 years now only 50 uh, bips. Uh, that was over, uh, about 110 at its worst a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Um, and now you've had the, the two-year come in from over 5% down to below 4% now around 38 Two year yeah. at uh, the ten year at three point four percent. It's just yeah, the 3. market is saying, definitely 3. saying one yeah. thing. Yeah, and I think it's also we've got a recession around the corner in the US as well, which I think the market is also saying. Um, but they they did also the the Fed also did wind back their um, dot plots on the economy. Um, uh, saying that uh, the economy is going to grow slower this year than first expected, and yeah. next year downgrading next year as well. So. They don't. They don't. They never say recession. The the central bankers, because if they do, then you know the markets probably in turmoil. But um, yeah. that, he's definitely saying a soft landing. So it probably means there is a probably a shallow recession coming in the US. I got no problem with that. I don't think anyone else really has a problem with that either. No. I mean, it, it's no. it's it was it was for a big chart, a big part of it baked in to a lot of people's forecasts for this year anyway. So okay, we just we're just realizing what that was all about. We're we're seeing the cake rise in – oh, here's the metaphor I'm going to drag the crap out of here. We were seeing the cake. They said it was baked in. Now we're seeing the cake in the oven. Do you put that? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Shut up. Okay. And then eventually we, we're going to open the door. We're going to slip the oven mitts on and we're going to pull this cake out and we're going to see exactly how much was actually baked in and how big this, this cake actually was. Yeah. There you go, mate. I've absolutely thrashed the crap out of that metaphor. Now, one that's just popped up on me. Now, I'm going to talk. I want to talk a lot. Now, I don't know if you want to participate in this, but I am furious with some financial media at the moment. And when I say media, this is a podcast. I want you to imagine me very sarcastically doing the, the quote air quotes. Yep. Because there's, there's a lot of hacks out there that are writing and saying some stuff that is straight up dangerous, mm-hmm. reckless, and they should know better. And in fact, when I say they should know better, it is clear that they don't not only know better about what they're doing, but they don't actually know enough about the market to speak with any authority. And they should be they should be taken out and beaten up. Um, you know, I'm not calling for violence, but that did sound a lot like I was actually just calling for violence. But anyway, you know what I mean. Metaphorically, um, take, take it to task. <laughs> take it to task. And they yes. should be called out for this nonsense as well. And I expect to be, and I am called out for some of this nonsense. If I don't know what I'm saying, if I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm the first in the room to put my hand up and say, I don't know. I yep. need an adult, and I will find out, and I'll get to the I'll get to the bottom of it. Charging on recklessly and randomly is is dangerous. Even more so is the now I've got some quotes for you here because I'm about to go on Ausbiz and say a few things. So I've got first off, I want to get to commercial property in a second. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal, but we're going to talk about this. So Credit Suisse, Credit Suisse. I'm going to say I swear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so both during the week. <laughs> first, first off, it's Credit Suisse. I know this for a fact because a, I used to deal with them. B, we 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 have at VFS we have these massive calamitous office arguments, huge off like world in in some places people would go in and just go, this is the worst divorce I've ever heard, and it's just I know that's just a usual Tuesday afternoon for us. It's the way that we get the way that we solve problems is just yelling at each other. It's amazing. Um, Sometimes you just you got to be you got to working in finance is a bit like that. You just got to have this sort of stamina to get through that sort of thing, and just go okay. Then we left all our all our players on the field. We're all good to go, um, and and move on with your life. This is one of those ones that we just had that was that was just like no, it's Credit Suisse, no, it's Credit Suisse. And here's me, who has actually got a small but important background in investment banking, who was absolutely vehemently. I don't know why I just had my head up my ass about this, but it was I was saying it was Credit Suisse. Even though I know it's it's spelled S U I S E, and 
<laughs> SUI, SUI double SE, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's me saying, no, it's Credit Suisse, it's Credit Suisse. I know what I'm talking about. You guys shut up. Um, I know, and it's a standard, standard sort of financial mockery that we have. And uh, we decided to settle the bet by calling the head office here at Sydney. How do you think she oh, answered? Beautiful. How do you think oh, she answered? Swiss. Of course she answered Swiss because that's the yeah. actual name of the company. <laughs> Credit Swiss, how may I help you? And I just went, oh, sorry. And it's I just hung up and click. <laughs> anyway, so I was wrong. So I know that it's Credit Suisse. Um, so there it is. And now Credit Suisse, so the, 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 the chairman of Credit Suisse, uh, Lehman, 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 a oh, beautiful name, was asked, and this is in the FT, quote, who is responsible for this disaster, end quote. He, and this is from the FT, I'm quoting the whole thing from the FT, he chose to blame Twitter. Hindsight is wonderful, I quote, and to point a finger, it's a fact that since 2021, we never left the headlines, he responded. Last autumn, we had a social media storm, and this has had huge repercussions, more in the retail sector than in the wholesale sector, and too much becomes too much. So there was a bit of this, okay, first off, that jackass from the ABC and he knows who he is, saying, I have credible sources. And this is about six or seven. How long ago was that? It was last year. It was only a few months. Yeah, it was, last, it was last year, though. Yep. Saying credible sources are telling me that Credit Suisse is about to is about to keel over. That, A, he did not have credible sources telling him that because there was no one credible saying that that was the situation. Yes, they had a lot of, uh, a lot of bad debts. Yes, they had a lot of withdrawals. Yes, they had a lot of stuff, but they did not have, they were not on the brink of financial collapse. For him to say that was reckless. And he did not know who his sources were, and if he if he did actually have sources telling him that they were misleading him intentionally. Mm-hmm. And secondly, <laughs> Credit Suisse, the whether some hack at the ABC wants to tell to tell the world this nonsense shouldn't really affect your balance, uh, your your bottom line. It shouldn't affect your solvency. It shouldn't affect whether you exist, because he's from the ABC, and who the hell listens to this guy? It doesn't matter. And second off, why was it so believable? The reason why Credit Suisse was in the headlines so much is they continued to stuff up mismanagement. day after day. It's just pure mismanagement over the last decade. Correct. Seen, I think they uh, – I saw a chart where they had uh, 10 years ago had around $450 billion in deposits um, at the bank and that's dwindled down to about $200 billion at the end of last year. Yep. Um, it, it's just pure mismanagement. You look at the fines they've had to pay – um, it was the way they've handled their taxes or tried to avoid taxes. And for other, you know, missteps, it's, it's just one, you know, one big calamity. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I mean, look, Twitter, yeah, play a small role. I think Twitter and social media overall have sped things up in the market. Obviously, information travels faster and can gain more momentum and snowball. And But that's really on a retail side. I mean, no one in wholesale and, and the fund managers are listening to what's happening on Twitter. Um, and, they, and they probably have a better ear to the ground and more information themselves, more uh, accurate information themselves. You say that. You say that. You really well, do. Anyone, anyone who's worth their weight, I suppose, <laughs> you know, you're not going to find anyone from JP Morgan or someone like that going to Twitter and, and basing investment decisions off Twitter. I mean, retail is about 20% of the US market. They do get, um, they I think do it's get- about... Yeah, they get news. They get news. They they get news in the news flow that's in there. I mean, the thing that blew me away when I realised that I've actually got I've got some responsibility. And and do not do not get me wrong. This is not me gloating. This is not me blowing any trumpets here. This is me actually saying that was it it hit me like a ton of bricks because my Twitter account is yeah I talk about some stuff. I talk about some serious stuff. I talk about 
themes that I like and I do that, but I also take the piss a lot. And mm-hmm. that's and it's and and I had a guy. He does. Uh, what does he do? He, he's a bond. He's a bond broker um, for high yield stuff. Mm-hmm. So borderline junk, but he, he he puts all this sort of stuff together. And he says, "You know, I've got you on my on my tweet deck." And it's like, "Are you serious?" He said, "Yep, yeah, you're 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 on one of my screens." I'm just like, I couldn't yeah. believe that. I said, "So so I say something, and it's actually going to come up and impact." impact he said he said different people impact me differently but you're definitely on the screen and when you pop up you know it's something that i that, that i'll have to take notice i'm just like well it's 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 a burden of it's a burden of responsibility where you realize that we're all i don't want to say we're all journalists we're not we're all adding to the conversation more than we ever were that's something that we all got to remember that we're doing okay exactly yeah we, we have a responsibility um, yes. out there to uh, make sure what we're saying is accurate yeah. Not misleading. Um, so before tweeting anything or putting something on social media, it's good to to fact check it a little bit. So after I've been in a national, I don't know why. So I got dragged into a national party because I've got a friend who's running a national party fundraiser before the election for a, a mate who's on the upper house there, and mm-hmm. that was of all places the standard the standard location for a national party fundraiser. Bang on opera house right next to the water, um, you know, national party heartland. But anyway. Well, different strokes for different folks, mate. The political system is a funny game. But the uh, and as I'm leaving, I took a photo of the Credit Suisse building because you got a beautiful view of Gateway from there. That's yep. Gateway, isn't it? Credit Suisse and uh, and I tweeted. It was late. I probably I'd, <laughs> I I'd had a lot of I'd had a lot of free shot, and I mate. And uh, I tweeted <laughs> credible sources are telling me that uh, that they're taking the signs off the Credit Suisse building and. <laughs> A lot of people came up, and, and this is very funny, very funny. And I think because I used credible sources, people knew that I was taking the piss out of that jackass from the ABC. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. there were some people that said, "James, do you actually know this for a fact? Hey, can you see?" And, and and I and I went back, just like, "Yeah, I'm seeing helicopters are buzzing over, and they're moving the signs out of the way." Um, as it was, that may have been taking it a bit too far. But if you believe that that was the case, late on a Tuesday night. That the that the that the letters were being removed from Credit Suisse, and this is before everything fell apart. So it actually turned out to be quite prophetic. Uh, if you believe that that was the case, then maybe you need to sort of just think about exactly what you're reading on the internet and just how seriously you're taking some of this crap. Yeah. Um, because it was obviously a joke. Obviously yep. a joke. Um, although although sar- sarcasm sometimes is a little bit hard to pick up on Twitter. <laughs> a little bit hard, especially where I'm involved, especially where I do talk about <laughs> yeah. some, some serious stuff. And then and then especially since you have about four days later, everything fell apart for Credit Suisse and they probably should be removing the, the letters from the building now anyway. Yeah. So it was only a week yeah. early. <laughs> replacing with UBS, replacing that. Yeah, I know. Or someone, yeah. someone actually said, "Oh, what?" He, he changed anyway. Uh, subject change or minor subject change. So, should we, should we talk about where we think the markets may be looking at in the next week or so? Yeah, you go first. All right, and yeah. then I'll and then I'll just say, yeah, that sounds right. Look, I saw, saw, saw a, a good tweet the other day, something in terms of Google searches, in terms of financial Google searches. Ooh, um, uh, CPI and inflation has taken this uh, second place now to um, banking crisis, banking mm. insolvency, etc. So it looks as if now inflation and CPI, when it comes to you know the public and where everyone's looking now, is sort of on the back burner a little bit. So. Um, you know, I thought that was interesting, and I think it's going to become that way with with central banks, especially the US and the RBA, where I think inflation has definitely peaked and is coming off coming off fast. Um, I think we're going to find the central banks less concerned with that and focusing more on the stability of their um, financial systems, uh, especially over there in the US. So I think deposit flow data um, is is going to be critical over the next few weeks. 
um, we will have the uh, the big banks over in the US start reporting their Q1 um, earnings in early April. Oh. So that will be a huge focus. Um, Why? Looking at <laughs> <laughs> looking at deposit in inflows, outflows. It's just going to be. It's going the volatility will reign and. Oh, I for one won't be touching any of the uh, the US banks for a little while, just just because of that. I mean, things need to settle there. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you know the, the FDIC is still saying that it's a case by case basis for deposits and guaranteeing yep. them. Um, but there's there is a group of banks, regional banks, about 110 of them, that are now coming together and petitioning. Uh, for Congress to make it a blanket wide thing, um, I'm not sure the likeliness apparently of that is a very low. But you would think if another bank fell over and watch the news tonight because it's a Friday afternoon in the US tonight, and that's when things generally tend to happen. Um, if another one falls over, then surely they they um, guarantee those deposits because the other the flip side of that coin is you know, systematic failure. Um, you would see major runs on banks if they decide to not back those deposits, yeah. um, especially at the moment. Yeah. We will, so, um, yeah. I'll just, I'm just going to make a bit of money for the for the show Go for so, it. That can, so that we can keep eating my children. And then I'll talk about what I'm seeing ahead for the market as well. And then we'll get onto the, the, the subject. Then maybe talk about some other crap that's going on around the space too. Okay. What I'm holding in my hand right now is the Amfex app, the Australian Mutual Funds Exchange app. Download it now and have a bit of a look yourself. And what I'm going to do is click the. I've got to log in and everything. Obviously, I do well because I help build the, build the business. So that's it. So I'm going to hit the the button. Let's discover the funds. It's a big orange button in the middle. And then I go hit the filter button and I type currency Indian rupee. Um, I want a fund with a consistent return in the in the in the best in the most consistent return. So I hit the five number. That's the highest return. Or the the most consistent return. Asset type equity. And I've hit the risk type, anything with a, a higher risk, a seven, a six, or a five in the higher risk category. So it's now then scanned all the funds in rupee that are equity that have the most consistent returns. And it's given me a list that's out here. The first one that I'm going to pick here is the ICICI. The, I'm not going to try and say that, but the Prudential Infrastructure Fund. And I know, Heath, you've been talking about infrastructure a lot um, privately. Indeed. Now, I've hit that fund and I've brought it up. It tells me the price. That's great. It tells me the currency, obviously, and the fund type is equity. It tells me the minimum investment as well. It shows me the chart going back for as long as I want. I want something that goes back three years. Great. There you go. Infrastructure has gone amazingly well. The amount of money that's flowing into India every day from various corporations around the world is phenomenal. And then I hit the I'm – gonna, I'm going to hit the follow button so it just gets added to my watch list. And then I'm going to hit the, the full info button it tells me the fund objectives it tells me what they what they do what they're about the managers of it uh redemption schedules it shows me the holdings that are underneath it um it shows me that it's got nine and a half percent in ntpc it's got eight percent in larson and tubro it's it it shows me everything that i want to have to this one i can then compare that to other things and if i want to invest in it i hit the invest button and deposit the minimum amount or any amount that I want, and it will make that investment for me over the course of the next few days, as you would usually be able to invest in a managed fund. There yeah. is exactly how you do it. The way to do it is sensational. We built it. I'm super proud of doing it. I'm getting hassle from the Ukrainian guys that we had build it for us. Um, they need more business. Um, they need, you know, they need 
they need to go and fight a war. I mean, you know what I mean. But th- look, th- th- that's all. That's all by the by. But um, yeah, we're uh, we're doing really well. The startup has been has been sensational. But uh, yeah, they're they're really happy with this sort of thing. But that's what you could do with this app. That's what you could do with this with this product. It's an it's an incredible way to invest. So there you go. What do you think, Heath? Fantastic. Sounds very simple and fills a, a very important niche in our market. Yes, it does. Uh, which or is niche so is it, if you're from the US. A niche. Is it is it, <laughs> is it is it is it niche or niche? You've got to call the head office. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Where I think the markets are going. Remember last week that I did say that um, we're seeing uh, when everyone was talking about how bad things can possibly get, and I was talking about it won't be that bad because a there is now a whole system and structure. There, there is as much effort dedicated to being able to fix these problems as there was at, at being able to just run and maintain things earlier. All this goes back to the GFC when there was no, everyone was pulling their hair out going, how do we solve this? And they came up with these tools over a long amount of time and passed them through. And now they can actually do it really quickly. As we saw with the yep. BT, I'm just going to, I'm just going to call it the BTFD. I don't know. I can't remember. I can never remember what it's called, the, the acronym. It's the, it's the B. I had it here a second. <laughs> BTFP. I'm just going to call it the BTFD. Um, yeah. But that's, that's the ability just to swap your collateral for par um, for, the, for the next year. That uh, the, their ability to create these things quickly and solve these things quickly is is unprecedented, obviously, quicker than it's ever been. But also, they really need to keep on doing that, and they will continue to keep on doing that. Do I think that the whatever it takes now revolves now relates to pretty much everything that they can do, not just with uh, interest rate lowering or interest rate raising. It's also about being able to fix these problems. Powell will still stand by his very confident um, confident notion that he has to say that. It's easier to fix a problem that is caused from raising interest rates than it is to perpetuate this low rate cycle. However, that being said, I think that the biggest thing that everyone is going to be talking about next week is going to be commercial real estate over in the States and the huge risk exposure the market has to the downside. We've already started to see that happen this this time. There is a huge amount of exposure to commercial real estate. Also, the other other little factoid that's coming up. Okay, so if you look at where the banking system has gone, Heath, you've got uh, what have you got? You've got the those smaller banks. I don't want to say regional. Let's say the small and regional banks. Okay, so so just not the big players. They make up seventy to eighty percent of the investment in commercial real estate in the states. So as their books have to get tighter and their risk has to be reined in, we're seeing more and more money drained from the potential um, funding of those projects, and that has already started to be seen in the stock price. If we look, take a to pick a pick a rate over in the US, and you can see that things are already starting to get beaten up over there. That's not a space that you want to be holding. I think that right now, if you listen to this podcast, check your portfolio and just see what exposure you have to the downside with regards to US real estate, not not residential, commercial. Um, Again, already- I, I did I did hear a stat in terms of commercial real estate. There's uh, over a hundred billion in commercial real estate loans that roll over in the second half of this year in the US. That's correct. Um, from uh, variable or current fixed rates into obviously the higher rate um, it's, market we are in now. So yeah. that is going to provide a large problem. Well, like I said, a lot of these guys are with these regional banks. Um, um, yeah, I've got, I'm looking at Jesse Felder here. And, yeah, okay, we're talking about these guys on the internet. Look, to grain of salt all the way through this, especially since it's been retweeted by Genevieve Roche-Dector, who has a CFA but didn't understand how cash was used for buybacks. Um, so just take it easy when you're listening to her as well. But Jesse Feld has got a, a, a stat here. This year will be critical because about $270 billion in commercial mortgages held by banks are set to expire. 
It's the highest figure on record. Um, I know. It's if what's the old thing? If you've if you've got a statistic and you can double it or halve it, you should absolutely use it. That's yep. uh, that's what they've done in this particular case here. So that's a big number. Most of these loans are held with banks with less. Most of these loans are held by banks with less than two hundred and fifty billion in assets, and that's out of the Wall Street Journal. So okay, I'll take I'll take that for what it's worth on that on that regard too. That's a that's a big number. Um, it is. And it's a concern. And, again, another reason why I think the Fed will pause. Um, they know this. They've got this information in front of them. They don't want to. Whilst, whilst you know, their ultimate goal may be to cause a shallow recession, they they may not admit to it, but it may be their ultimate goal. Um, they, they don't want to thrust us into a very deep and large recession like the GFC ended up being on the back of property. Um, yeah. and, and, and consumer confidence and confidence overall is, is a fickle thing and uh, easy thing to lose. And once it's yeah. lost, it takes a long time to get back. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't envy their position. Yeah, I, I, I don't either. And I think that's sort of where the market is going to be taking itself for a while. Um, inflation has taken a back seat. Banking crisis will be taking a back seat to what's going to happen in commercial uh, in commercial real estate, that's that's going to be the story there. If you're talking about investable scenarios, if you're talking about this is the thing that tech tech rallies on the back of the t- t- tech is rallying on the back of the Fed potentially pausing, which means that you don't have you know an unlimited you know this risk free issue that was hanging over the 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 the, the, the tech companies with rising interest rates, that cash flow and evaluation that, that you have to give it. That's now going to be even more put uh, put behind us, which means that tech continues to be the place you want to go. They're still letting go of people, so still cutting costs, and they don't have that huge exposure to actual tangibles um, that they that they once had. So, although, although you've got to be careful with tech still, because a lot of these tech guys, a lot of their customers are small to medium businesses. So, Ooh. if the US does go into the recession, then you may fee- see a, a drop off in their business simply by association. Okay. Um, Okay, so, no, that's, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I'll take I mean, that. I'll take that. People, I'm still just going with the playbook. Yeah, yeah. Moving to the cloud, or you know, taking up uh, SaaS services as well. Yeah, uh, all that sort of thing will obviously impact impact the bigger guys. Um, so yeah, and and I, I watch Microsoft for for a lot of that stuff. I mean, one of my favorite uh, quotes is uh, Apple. Um, Apple create things we want, whereas Microsoft create things we need. So when Apple drops off, it's meh, you know, a bit of softness in the consumer spending. But when Microsoft softens, then there's a, there's a bigger problem with uh, enterprise spending, etc. So it's one to watch. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 I wouldn't be paying current multiples for the the big guys now, considering they've rallied so hard where they were a few weeks ago. Yes, maybe, but I, I think there were. were head for another tech sell-off uh, sometime soon. Maybe it's, CPI comes in a little bit hotter than expected next month um, or this month. I can't remember where, where we're at with the CPI. CPI. Is that still a um, thing? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's the second most important thing now. So mm. I, I'm careful. I'm careful there still. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I still I still like... I don't really have as many long ideas as I would usually have, and that means I'm not going to try and force them, and nor should I need to try and force them i would just be steering clear of some 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 of those big obvious things and i'll probably be happier to take profits and sit on some cash and just sort of wait through it don't forget that historically the best time to buy is is at or about the time when you realize that a recession is actually at hand markets Mm. will come off markets will come off going into that as we're going to probably going to see them do 
as as it becomes imminent that we have a recession on our hands, once it's actually yes, okay, we hereby declare a recession. Um, that's usually historically the absolute best possible time to buy the market. Make sure you've got some cash on hand for that. Otherwise, you're going to be uh, you're going to be caught missing out. That's uh, markets will bottom long before the bad news peaks. Yeah, that's Basically, that's right. That's, that's, that's right. Should, it's at a, we got, have we got time to quickly touch here in Australia, being an Australian podcast? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you're here. Sorry, you go. Sorry, I'm, I'm always that's I'm always right. eyes overseas. You go. I mean, we have to cover what's happening over there. I mean, it's I driving everything at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you, you talk about Australia. Australia. I'm going to look about the. I'm going to look at the building work that's happening on the building across the road from me. The <laughs> Make sure it's all being done to code. Yeah, um, bit to the left, so, mate. Bit to the left. So, I mean, the banks here haven't been spare, spared in the sell-off. They're off about 11% here, the uh, banking index here. Um, that compares to about uh, around 8% for the XJO from our, where we were a few weeks ago. If all things are being equal at the moment uh, where we stand with the XJO, we're going to head for our seventh week in a row of negative returns. Um, this week, huh. uh, which is the first time that's happened since the 2008 and the GFC. So uh, we have seen quite a bit of selling here. And it's ironic that all these problem, problems have happened in the US and the US market's practically flat through that time. Uh. But it is being supported like we just spoke about, the tech sector and some buying there. The big big five techs make up, you know, 20, 25% of the S&P 500. So they have a large weighting there. Um, so where, where am I looking at at the moment? That, like you said, the, the long buy list is is fairly short at the moment, but uh, mm. gold is obviously one of them. Now, I'm not looking at gold producers or miners in particular. They've been terrible, um, terrible performers over the last, uh, say, eight, nine months, even though gold has rebounded and um, come back. They've suffered from you know, production cuts and uh, increasing costs, et cetera. So I'm looking at, uh, you know, gold, the physical stuff. We've got a couple of ETFs here in Australia we can look at. The gold ETF, GOLD, uh, yep. by Global X, um, physically backed by gold, stored in a uh, vault in London, I think, uh, JP, JP Morgan, I think. Yeah, JP um, Morgan have all the gold. Yep, it, it's it's not currency hedged, though. So, um, And the other option is a QAU, which is the beta shares version of that, but it is currency hedged. Yep. So depending where you think the Australian dollar is going, um, maybe you take a little bit of both. Um, which one would have been talk- better? Last Which one would have been better over the month? Over the last, well, since the start of 2023, they're neck and neck. Uh, okay. uh, gold is plus 10%. QAU, which is the beta shares version, is plus 9%. Yeah. Over the last 12 months, gold is plus 21% versus QAU plus 7%. But that's only because the Australian dollar has tanked. So, yeah. And the US dollar looks like it is coming off big time now, especially against the euro. Uh, the Dixie is currently around 102. If it was to break 100, 97 is the next stop. Um, people favoring obviously the euro because of the uh, we're going to might see uh, sort of rates outperformance over in the, in the EU now as the Fed looks to pause and maybe cut towards the end of this year. The EU is still aggressively uh, raising their rates over there. So, so I'm looking at those, uh, although I would want to see the spot price of gold retest that 1960 mark and bounce before I jumped in. Um, I would also consider New, uh, Newcrest. Now, basically, they had a bid from Newmont recently and they yep. rejected that that bid from Newmont. But Newmont, I feel, have to come back and grab Newcrest, and I'll tell you why. Newmont's reserves are dwindling and dwindling fast. They may be a larger producer of gold compared to Newcrest, 
but they um, their reserves, Newcrest reserves far outstrip um, uh, Newmont's, and that's why they want Newcrest to add um, reserves to their um, their company. So I think they do come back, whether it's now or they wait the twelve months or so. Um, if the environment remains favourable, gold it's not going to matter anyway. Newcrest are very low cost, excellent producers. One of one of only two I'd look at at the moment, them and Evolution, EBN. Um, but I think Newmont come back and and uh, make another bid. They're cashed up. They've got a lot of debt uh, capacity, etc. So I think they come okay. back as well. So there are a couple silver. Um, uh, the Global X uh, ETF for that looks really, really good at the moment. ETP MAG. MAG. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, of again not currency hedged, so you're going to be wary if an Australian dollar does go up, then it will pair uh, returns on that. But yeah. it's the only real silver ETF we have here, and again, our silver producers are really mixed up in other metals anyway. Um, so I, I do really like that, and actually. Um, have been doing a little buying of that today for uh, portfolios. Um, and uh, I'm looking at, uh, I mean, I think I spoke about this last week, uh, bonds as well, USTB for US-based bonds, AGVT for Australian government bonds, and Sub-D, which is the Vanek uh, uh, one for um, subordinate bonds here in Australia. But uh, I'm also looking at uh, uh, Washington Sol Patterson Fund, um, SOL, Um Good place to park your money if you want something defensive. Robert Milner, often to refer to as the Australian Buffett, Warren Buffett. Um, that thing has been fantastic over the long run and been very good in defensive times. 920% return over the last 20 years versus 480% return for the accumulation index. So not just the normal index, the accumulation index, including dividends. So um, something like that I would look to park my money into if uh, you're looking for something a bit safer and uh, defensive. Um, the micro and small cap market is dead at the moment. Um, it's it's terrible. Um, copper, whilst I still really like copper on the longer term thematic, I want to see some stability in the copper price. We saw a decent bounce back in, in copper in, um, on the COMEX uh, this week. I think it got down to about 380 a pound. It's back up to about 410. Um, you have that whole Chinese reopening play still going. Um, that will accelerate in the second half, and I think that's where we'll benefit um, there, but a lower US dollar is great for commodities. Um, it mm. makes them cheaper for everyone to buy. Yes, so that's, that's true. So on the other way, on uh, yeah. th- th- that that being said, there is there are some re- there's some remodeling work that's being done on global growth. Global growth means copper, copper, and this is me. I'm a copper guy. Um, I'm, I'm I'm hesitant to charge into copper, and if you're going to do it. The product that I'd be using would be WIRE Wire yeah, by Global yep. um, That's that they've just got the big copper players. Stay away from the small side, man. You, you're going to be left hold, holding the bag. It could be a great company, but it, if everyone runs to the exit, then you're stuffed. Yep, yep, uh, I totally agree. Or maybe someone like a BHP. A BHP's come off about fifteen percent from its highs, tw- almost twenty percent. All right, I think, I gotta, uh, we got to. I got to wind this podcast up. What's no your worries. best AF, What's your best AFL tip for the weekend? Uh, oh, geez. Um, it probably was last night's Carlton beating Geelong. I just had oh, a feel about that. Come on, yesterday's, come on, yesterday's <laughs> news, man. I'll, I'll, I'll go. Come on, look, man. That's... Look, I'm going to back my crows in to beat uh, the, the Tigers this week. I think uh, we're, we're underdogs. Uh, we beat them here last year. Yeah, I've got a um, sneaky feeling. Yeah, I think at home we're going to be tough to beat. I think we win that one in a close one. 
Crow the yeah. Crow. I've, I've actually, actually, I've got a quick financial stack, fun fact for you. Um, Michael Jordan's in the headlines recently. He bought oh, Charlotte, Charlotte Hornets in the freaking Charlotte Hornets, yeah, for one hundred and seventy-five million dollars. He's looking to sell now, and his stake is valued at one point seven billion. So he's yeah, got a, almost a ten bagger there. He's the ultimate. But how much of that's inflation? How much of that's inflation? Oh, I I'm look no at me! Idea. Look at me trying to take <laughs> something away from the greatest player of all time. <laughs> Well, he, um, take, get this, get this. He earned last year. He earned two hundred and fifty million dollars from his exposure to Nike because they bought the Jordan brand, and he gets five uh, percent of uh, uh, revenue from that per annum. Yep. So he yep. got about two hundred and fifty million from that last year. He only made ninety million dollars during his uh, career, um, and I say only, but compare that to what he made in one year from his Nike exposure and the Jordan brand. It's a pittance. So uh, the man, you know, whilst he can't administer a basketball team, the Charlotte Hornets made two playoffs in that time he owned them and didn't make it past the first round. He is certainly a great basketballer, the greatest of all time, and uh, a fantastic businessman. Yeah, you love to you love to see you love to see athletes being able to bank bank on it and mm. bank on what they've done as opposed to just having that thing and the next thing you know, oh, I had my gold medals stolen and I lost it all in a housing development scam, and it's like. Or worse, you could be the greatest quarterback of all time who who dusted the whole thing in Bitcoin and FTX and lost your lost your supermodel wife at the same time. Hello, Tom Brady, if you're listening as well. I'm sorry <laughs> that that did, happened to you. Did you see the uh, there's a list of uh, influencers that the uh, SEC are going to go after? They put a list out. Um, they already they, they've they've gone like press charges. Lindsay Lohan. Oh, have they? Oh, they've done yeah. it. Yeah, I yesterday, saw yesterday it dropped, mate. Yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul, Beautiful. John, Paul, whatever his name is. I don't care. Um, but Lindsay Lohan, mate, I tell you what, she's got her solicitors just on speed dial. Same crew, same crew before. <laughs> she's gonna have to go back in inside, isn't she? Yep, yep. I mean, uh, yeah. What a she's, trouble uh, story. What a trouble it is. story. Unfortunately, I wish her all the best. I wish her all the best. People don't deserve that. However, don't get don't get up on your soapbox and spruik stuff to people and think that you are going to get off scot free. Get a license, or just don't. Uh, there's also the way as well. Oh, the hottest tip that I've got for this weekend. See, this has been a long podcast. Who cares, mate? Listen, it's been fascinating. Um, the hottest tip that I've got, a mate of mine who does the real, he does the homework and he does he does it based on meters gained and he reckons that NRL, the Tigers tonight over the storm. If you're listening to this now, get onto your bookie or just, you know, don't bet because bet with your head. Gamble, not gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibility. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, this is general advice only to keep in mind. The... Um, he likes the Tigers with the points, and that's a huge upset because they. I've I saw, I've seen them play live this season. I I got dragged out to a thing from a mate um, with Barclay Pierce, and g'day, thank you for the ticket. But they were the most useless bunch of of, of idiots that I've ever seen. You know, there's times when you just like, you know what? I've had three beers and I could get out on the field and play better than some of these idiots. And yep. yeah, mate, that's that's them. But I reckon he reckons that they've got the 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 match tonight with the points. Gee, they're going to need a lot of points, but they've got them against the Storm. Storm are nothing compared to what they used to be. Different story. That's all we have time for, mate. No worries. It's been a good week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. Uh, if you've got any questions, notes, or comments, or if you're from the ABC legal department, please uh, <laughs> please send all your correspondence to Heath Moss, courtesy of HL Heavy <laughs> Investments, Adelaide. Uh, where are you, in Eastwood or something like that? Uh, mate, um, no. I'll <laughs> um, all right, have a good one, mate, and I'll talk to you later on. You too. Goodbye, everyone. You can find us on iTunes at The Bip Show or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Twitter at the underscore BIP underscore show, and we're on Facebook too. Just search for The BIP Show. I've got a website. Just Google Whelan Capital. It's got all of the links and all of the documents that you want to know. Individually, I am at James Whelan 42 on Twitter. 
The show is produced by whoever I could find on the day. Thank you very much. We'll catch you next time. Hi, I'm Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine, and I am an all-inclusive addict. Enter Club Med, the best all-inclusive for you and your family. With resorts worldwide from their family flagship resort, Club Med Punta Cana, to their only mountain resort in Canada, Club Med Quebec, they have everything you need to relax. With their 20-plus sports activities, wellness programs, you can dine on delicious cuisine and make memories with your family. So book your next getaway with Club Med. Visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.